Good day, good night, and welcome to another edition of Off the Woodworks on Red Nation Online. I'm Kevin Laramé, and Asun Kamara again reached higher ground than anybody else in the six-yard box and headed home. A great cross on a free kick by Mr. Hernan Bernardello on his debut, a decisive pass on his debut. So we will be talking about that with Ludovic Martin today on the show. And on the second half of today's show, I talk to Mr. Scott Fenwick, co-host of On The Fire Soccer Radio and founder on, of OnTheFire.com about the Chicago Fires and the Montreal Impact game tomorrow night live from Toyota Park. Montreal back on the road on Saturday night. But first of all, it was a magical evening Wednesday night at the Saputo. Started off in a blue cloud of smoke the first half of the, well, the first minute of the game against uh, San Jose Earthquakes in the debut of Montreal in the CONCACAF Champions League for 2013-2014 to get the golden ticket to go to the FIFA Club World Cup 2014 in Morocco, if I'm not mistaken. It would be amazing to qualify for it. But first of all, we have four games to play. One down, three to go. One W, three points. We reach higher ground there as well. We're on top of the table for that group with the San Jose Quakes and City Heredia which our next game in that group is August 21st down in Guatemala versus the City of India. A couple scores from the Champions League this week because there was other games on Tuesday night. Like you all know, like I talked about in the last show, Toluca against Caledonia. Toluca won 3-1. A great victory for the Mexican. It was an uneven game, which is very different than any other game. Uh, the Luis Angel Firpo, El Firpo if you preferred, Faces Tijuana, a nil-nil draw. Tijuana did not look good in that game. I watched the highlights of it. And uh, Luis Angel Firpo actually looked a lot good. Really, really better than I thought they would. Especially against a Mexican champion like Tijuana. Well, anyways, Montreal Impact, like you all know, won one nothing against Earthquakes at Sadzaputo on a Mr. The Hero, Asun Camara header. Then you got the Real Esteli and the Sporting Kansas City. Kansas City won 2 nothing against Esteli. You got Club America, who plays at Azteca. Won one nothing against Sporting San Miguelito. And Sporting San Miguelito impressed me. Club America is not an easy team. And just losing one nothing to them, Sporting San Miguelito can be a trouble if we face them in the knockout stage. And on Thursday night, the last remaining games for that first part, because there's a couple, because it's three groups of three teams, they cannot play at the same time, obviously. There's three teams. Like, well, there's one game, there's a team. Well, that's just like the third wheel. I don't really like a three team group, because it always seems like there's a third wheel, like you go on a date, and there's a third wheel. Not that fun. Well, anyways, uh, on Thursday night, Herediano. Versus Valencia from Honduras. Herediano 6-1. Herediano destroyed Valencia. No, it's not the Valencia that plays in La Liga. It's another Valencia. And then you got Arabi United. 
who won 3-1 against uh, WCFC. I have no clue who they are. And then the last game of this first round, you got uh, Cartaginas versus Isidro Metapan. Cartaginas won 4-2, which is not bad. Cartaginas are the other winner from Guatemala. They actually are won both the Apertura and the Clausura, which is very impressive for uh, a team of Guatemala. They could be dangerous if we meet them as well later on in the knockout stage, but first of all, let's concentrate on the group stage. And like I said, Wednesday night, Saputa, one nothing game. And I talked to yesterday to uh, Ludovic Martin from Optimum-Soccer.com about that game, about the debut of Hernan Bernardello, about how Asun Camara always shows up on big nights and on big occasions. Last night was the beginning of a magical cup competition called the CONCACAF Champions League. To talk about it, I have Ludovic Martin here from Optimum-Soccer.com. Hello, Ludovic. Hi, Kevin. How you doing today? Ah, great, great, great. It was nice seeing a victory yesterday. So, amidst a tropical storm last night at the Tad Saputo, what do you think about our Argentinian, Bernardello? Oh, he was great. Really, really, really great. Uh, dominant in the midfield, uh, great physical presence, uh, passes uh, perfect throughout the game. Uh, maybe he tired a little bit at the end, but not not that much. And uh, on free kicks, you, you can see the difference right away. Just <laughs> right on the head of a camera who's uh, jumping so high and straight into the goal. So that was perfect for him yesterday. The best way to introduce himself. Yeah, Montreal won one nothing against uh, the San Jose Earthquakes, a very exotic team. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the next one against in Guatemala is going to feel more like an exotic travel. Um, yesterday, again, like you said, Camara scored, Mr. Big Occasion. Yes. How can you describe the, the confidence he has in those big games? He's clutch. That's it. When there's an occasion to, to, to put it in the net, he doesn't hesitate and it's straight in. So for a defender, more, he's more of a central midfielder naturally, but he's playing defense. The, to be able to do that every time there's a big game, that's uh, the kind of player you need on your team if you want to win. You need players that can rise to the occasion, and Camara always does. He, he did it against Vancouver uh, uh, two months ago to yeah. win the Canadian Championship, and he's doing it again to yesterday. So you want the, those players on your team. Another guy who stepped up last night was Mr. Evan Bush. Stopped the penalty from Alan Gordon. One of the worst penalties you can actually kick. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> yeah. it reminded me of the, the Sergio Ramos. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, there are many miskicked penalties in history, but this one was really bad. But still, Bush... He chose the right side, so the, well, not the, the right side, but the good side. So it was uh, perfect for him again. That that's all instinct. That, nothing more to say than that. And then Gordon really missed it. But uh, back from the game uh, this morning with my five-year-old son, that was all he was talking about. He, he saved the penalty. He saved the penalty. So you need those uh, another clutch player doing the big thing at the right moment. You need these. <laughs> yeah. 
and like it says, it's with the beginning of a magical competition. It always seems those nights, either at Statsaputa or on the road, those Champions League game have a special feeling, a special vibe to it. How can you describe that vibe? I don't know exactly what it is. I can't put my finger right on it. There are many uh, conditions that make these games different. The fact that it's a close competition outside of MLS and uh, there's only four games, so the intensity level goes up because you can't miss. If you lose uh, the first game, you're pretty much out of it, especially if you lose at home. So uh, for San Jose, it'll be hard to come back. And uh, that makes every game even more important. And that's just make uh, uh, the whole the, the atmosphere at the stadium go up a notch. And uh, the, the, there's a bigger vibe. And the people that are more involved in the game, even in the stands. And since it's, all, it's, also, it's also better because it's midweek, uh, you've got less, well, let's say tourist fans that just yeah, come out and- to... <laughs> Like you said, less uh, corporate. That's what I read today on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. Le- there's no corporate tickets for those games, so there's a big difference. Yeah, that's a, another thing. So the people that are there are really big soccer fans. They understand the, the the value of those games, and they, they see how important they are. And the level of intensity goes up even in the crowd. And the vibe is really awesome, and it was great. I love those games. They're, they're the best. They're the best. <laughs> so after one game, we'll do a small prediction. Yes. Do you think Montreal's going to get out of the group stage? You know what? I think they will, but it won't be easy against the radio because we've never seen them play. It'll be a little bit easier for San Jose because they'll have to be they'll be able to watch the the, the Iridium Montreal game. But getting those three points at home, I think we're back on track now. Uh, Bernard Delo helps now if the attack can start to produce again. Even though uh, Paponi and Divayo worked hard yesterday, they didn't. Uh, didn't produce and in the end, but mm-hmm. I think it'll come and uh, Montreal will get out of, it, the, of the group stage. And quick note, a Saturday night, Montreal's facing Chicago, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be better, McGee or DeVaio? You know what, I'm not even sure DeVaio will play. Uh, <laughs> he's played in the All-Star game, played twice uh, 90 minutes in uh, the same week, and now we're traveling to Chicago. I don't see him start, actually, so probably McGee will be better. But I hope that uh, Paponi will start and uh, will get back on track, maybe score a goal or two like he did, I think it was uh, against Houston a couple of weeks back. So I hope this will happen. And Bernier should play, so that should help. I'm really looking forward to see uh, Bernardillo and Bernier. But Bernardillo will play. It was his first game. He's ready to play twice in in four days, so that remains to be seen. Looking forward to it. Yeah, could Bernardello Bernier be the new Felipe Bernier? I think it could happen. So, we'll see, we'll see. All right, well, thank you very much, Ludovic. You can uh, read Ludovic on optimum-soccer.com and on soccerplus.ca. Thank Have you. Have a good day, Ludovic. Yeah, you too, Kevin. Thanks. So thank you Ludovic. As always, you can read Ludovic on optimum-soccer.com and you can read him his article, he contributes to soccerplus.ca as well. And right now, we're going to look forward 
to Saturday night. Montreal Impact are back on the road again. On the road again. I want just to hang out with my friends. While they're back on the road. And hopefully, Bernardello will play. Probably not going to start because he played the whole 90 minutes on Wednesday night. But hopefully, we'll have another decent... Uh, the formation was a 4-4-2 with Paponi and Devayo. You can bet Devayo is not going to play another 90 minutes. That is almost certain. I have no clue. Maybe, I don't even know if Wagner is going to play. His toe will still hurt him. So it might be questionable still. Probably just not available. Hopefully, you'll get Paponi who plays 90. I don't know if he's going to get the whole 90, but you get Paponi on top. You can put uh, Nyasi. Uh, Blake Smith, they can always play strikers, even though I like Blake Smith on the wing because he can use his speed and his pace. And yes, start Blake Smith. Hashtag start Blake Smith on Saturday night against the fire. He deserves it. I don't know if we're going to see Nesta play. Uh, Lopez still a little bit injured and he's not available yet, so we're not going to get a chance to see Pisco Saturday against Chicago. Well... Yeah, and Chicago were eliminated because Wednesday night as well, there was not only the CONCACAF Champions League, it was as well the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup semifinals for the 2013 trophy, but for the 2014 and 2015 CONCACAF Champions League spot because the winner of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup gets a spot in the CONCACAF Champions League. And right now... Two teams got eliminated last Wednesday night. 2 nothing. DC beat Chicago on the road at Toyota Park. DC United pulled it off. The Rosario scored. Luis Silva got a, an assist. He's on fire, man. In four games, three, three goals and one assist. But he got a little knock to the head. Might be questionable for the weekend with a concussion. But the Chicago Fire played. The, the A-team played. McGee played the whole 90 minutes. Like we'll be talking about with Mr. Scott Fenwick from OnTheFire.com. The, the Fire actually, they tried to go get it. They tried to go get their number five, their fifth US Open Cup. That's what they were going for. And DC said, no, we're going to do like Wigan. We're having a bad league season, but we're going to make amends and go on a run, on a cup run. And Wigan actually won the FA Cup. If you didn't follow the Premier League or the FA Cup last season, Wigan made it to the final of the FA Cup, even though they got relegated. So they won a trophy, and now they're playing in the championship. If there was a relegation and promotion in the MLS, you can bet that DC would have a shot of winning that trophy and getting rele relegated. So all you Wiggins fan. Why don't you try to cheer for DC? And all you DC fan, yep, you're the new Wigan. You're the MLS's Wigan. <laughs> Speaking of Wigan, I just hope we get Pisco. Come on, Pisco. Get healthy. I want to see Pisco on the field. Because, like I said, I'm more excited about that acquisition without having seen him play. I hope that he does great in the Montreal uniform. And I'm encouraged seeing that Bernardello, wow, like Ludovic said, Bernardello controls it. It's magical. It was magical. Again, I'm repeating myself, but those games have a little something. Those games 
have a, it's hard to put your finger on it. It's hard to describe the words. It's a different public. It's a different vibe. It's a different emotion. And emotions do flare up quite easily. You should have seen Marco Shalibam on the sideline. Yeah. It's a good thing that he was not speaking in a language that the referee was understanding. He was probably using his German side now. <laughs> I don't think the referee from Park to Puerto Rico, Mr. Santos, understood German and that bad Shalibam was yelling in German. Da! Ah! Get to the chopper! All right, so speaking about the game on Saturday night, I spoke yesterday with Scott Fenwick. We previewed the game. We talked about the defeat and the U.S. Open Cup. I talked about the fire and McGee trade and all that. So I'll talk to you right after Scott. And we're back on After Woodworks with Mr. Scott Fenwick, founder of OnTheFire.com and co-host of On The Fire Soccer Radio out of Chicago. Hello, Scott. Kevin, how are you, sir? Great to be with you. I'm great, and yourself? I'm, well, <laughs> I've been better, <laughs> as you can imagine. Uh, last night uh, was uh, a disappointment, to say the least. So, you know, uh, we lost 2-0 in the Open Cup semifinal to DC United at home uh, in front of what actually turned out to be a really solid crowd um, and a great atmosphere. So, Well, just to say, I know the feeling might, well, my team, the Montreal Impact lost last week against DC. It was on the road, but I know the feeling. Yeah, well, uh, I guess perhaps on the bright side, uh, we have a, a quick turnaround here and, uh, who knows what's going to happen, but uh, everybody's going to have to have some short memories here. So, <laughs> so first of all, let's talk about that 2 nothing loss at Toyota Park against D.C. in the United States, well, the United States, the U.S. Soccer Open Cup, the Lamar Hunt Trophy, the semifinals, and D.C. won 2 nothing. Luis Silva played great again. Di Rosario as well. Silva had an assist. Silva, oh, it's been a couple of He's actually injured uh, concussion last night, but he was playing three goals in three games against Montreal, one, and an assist last night. So what's your thought on Luis Silva? Can he restart his career against D.C. because you saw him play last night? I mean, it seems uh, to be the case. Uh, he combines well with Di Rosario up top. It looks like um, Ben Olsen's had some success going with a 4-4-1-1. Whereas before it looked it appeared as if he was going with like a four two three one empty bucket, but it looks like Silva and Di Rosario, Di Rosario combine well, constantly switching back and forth, moving around, trying to create space. So when the midfielders and the and the uh, fullbacks are able to get the ball into those guys at their feet, they're they're a hell of a lot better team than they uh, were before they were able to employ that setup. So yeah. Well, let's talk about the fire for, for once, because that's the thing that interests us. The Chicago Fire are way better since they got Mike McGee. They're playing so much with more passion, more like like a blue collars, I can say, because of Mike McGee. Uh, that's what he reminds me of, that and Bradley Cooper, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but 
What's your thought on Mike McGee and the whole trade and how it went down? Uh, well, clearly everyone knows Mike McGee has completely changed the face of this team. Um, before McGee, they were two seven and two. Um, were completely impotent in attack, <laughs> and now uh, I believe in MLS play, they are six two and three. I think something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, seems right. Yeah, and I mean, attitude is important. Confidence is important, and uh, you know, players, front office people, even coaches will tell you that when Mike arrived, attitude started to change. Um, and he's the type of player who is no nonsense, uh, not only on the field but off the field. Um, he'll speak his mind, and he's he's got that sort of killer instinct. He wants more than anything to win, and you know now he he wants to win in front of his home crowd. He's back home now, and I think that's injected life into his game. And and now for the first time in his career. And he's still only 28, but he's been around for so long because he mm -hmm. started so early uh, with the Metro Stars. But now, for the first time in his career, he's the man. And uh, he's embraced that, and he's risen to the occasion. So it's a wonderful thing uh, to watch. Yeah, and even though he seems to have more pressure because, like you say, he's a man, he seems like it's the opposite. I read an article a couple of weeks ago on MLSsoccer.com where he, an interview with McGee where he was talking about how now he can actually go with his cousins or his uncles to the movie theaters on Friday nights before a game, get his mind off soccer. Whilst before, we're playing in L.A., he was confined to himself and always thinking about the game. And he was maybe putting more pressure on him when he was on the road playing outside his home. Now at home, it seems like he can actually enjoy his family, his life, and then takes all the pressure off, even though he's a man, takes all the pressure off, and he comes just to play. Absolutely. You know, um, Mike uh, appears to be a big family man, and he has a young child, and he's stated uh, numerous times that he wanted so badly for his child to be able to grow up uh, around his family. And he has a big family, an extended family, a big network of, of very close friends um, in Chicago. And the fact that he can lean on those people, the fact that those people can be a part of his life, like, as you said, it sort of prevents his mind from wandering about, you know, oh, uh, what would it be like if, you know, my family could be with my extended family in Chicago and my immediate family. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it, it plays a big factor. I think that, uh, the mental aspect of sports sometimes doesn't get talked about enough. And I think in this case, it's benefited Mike McGee and Chicago Fire. Yeah, especially the fact that now he doesn't have to think about how many minutes he's going to play, when he's going to play. He's like, if there's a game, he's playing. Yeah, and he's and that's and so perhaps then you make a good point there. So he's actually thinking less because he knows he's going to play full 90 minutes if he physically can. Yeah. <laughs> So we, we were talking about trade. So with the arrival of McGee, last offseason, Dominic Adoro was one of the biggest trade. And at the time, I thought it was not the best Chicago trade ever. Because I believe that Dominic Adoro brought something at Columbus at the beginning of the season when Columbus was decent. Uh, what's your thought on that trade today? 
Well, in the end, we wouldn't have gotten Mike McGee if we wouldn't have traded Dominic Oduro. (laughs) (laughs) So in the end, it's going to go down in history probably as one of the greatest trades that the front office has ever made. But at the time, no one possibly thought that that that's what the end result would be. At the time, it was uh, before the season started, you know, it was a trade that seemed to some to be reasonable um given the potential of Dilly Duke as a player who's who mm-hmm. is developing into a nice player and then you know everybody always thought that uh the Robbie Rogers uh rights would be a trading chip eventually but then he came out and said he retired and yeah. then everyone <laughs> thought oh well now we're holding something that's worthless so then in the in the, at that point it looked like perhaps the trade was lopsided in Columbus's uh favor because Oduro was scoring a lot of goals and the fire weren't right mm-hmm. so yeah you know the trade the 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 outlook on the trade has gone through this evolution of sort of in the beginning okay maybe one way maybe the other lopsided toward the favor of Columbus then now lopsided in the favor of uh, the fire due to the uh, extenuating circumstances of of having uh, received the rights to Robbie Rogers in that deal. Yeah. And speaking about the whole roster of Chicago, um, who's the other players to watch for? We know Mike McGee's really dangerous around the box and around the 20-yard 20 20, uh, yard demarcation. And... Who's the other weapons that Chicago has? Well, I think, um, you know, Montreal is going to benefit from Patrick Niarco possibly not being in the lineup Saturday. Um, he took a knock to the head, and as with uh, injuries like that, it very rarely do you see a player come back the next game, uh, let alone a game four days later, three days later. Um, so that's a blow to the Chicago attack. Um in the midfield, Jeff Lorenowitz has really been playing well. Um, I argue perhaps that uh, aside from McGee, he was the best player on the field uh, for the fire um, last night. We have a new designated player. His name is Juan Luis Anangono, and he made his debut last night. Um, didn't really do much. Uh, didn't really have too many opportunities. Uh, DC was doing a good job of uh, clogging up that midfield and preventing service up to him. Um, and Chris Rolf, uh, you know, he's hot and cold. He hasn't really demonstrated an ability to have success against good teams this year. Most of his success has come against uh, marginal or poor competition. So he's like the Fernando Torres of Chicago. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think for uh, for uh, Montreal, and, and this is what I suspect is going to happen, knowing the way Montreal plays, um, it seems to me, especially after last night looking at the result and then uh, having witnessed in person uh, the Philly result, I was in Philly, uh, the difference was that the fire got beat because D.C. effectively moved the ball on the ground, whereas Philadelphia was trying to create offense with a lot of long balls and crosses. Um, The impact, uh, from what I've seen, is very skilled at playing the ball on the ground. Um, And the fact that the Fire are probably tired and their back line uh, didn't look too good last night perhaps bodes well for the impact. Yeah, well, Montreal is impact. Uh, Montreal impact is tired as well because we played last night in the Concacaf Champions League, and our designated player 
made his debut as well. The new one, our second one. And for once, we actually were decent on the air last night, which is something we never see mm. in Montreal. Usually we struggle on set pieces. And now Bernardello just kicked one of the nicest free kick I've seen. It was a dipping and curling ball right into the six yard, and camera just headed it in the top right corner. How is D- how is DC? How is Chicago playing on set pieces? Well, offensively on set pieces, they're wrote, they're pretty much impotent. Uh, they <laughs> so have, they're not <laughs> Montreal. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, they haven't scored a goal off a corner all year, um, and. Uh, I think maybe one goal off a direct free kick. Um, but other than that, offensively on set pieces, nothing. Defensively on set pieces, they can be shaky. Um, they looked good against Philly. Um, DC, if I remember correctly last night, didn't have a whole heck of a lot of set pieces. Um, they can be had. Uh, I would call them average uh, on the defensive side of set pieces. Okay. So, And what kind of formation does Chicago play? Um, you're going to see, likely, unless Frank Klopas decides to shake things up after last night, but you know, if I had to bet, he won't. Um, he's a pretty conservative guy. You're going to see a flat 4-4-2, double pivot, um, okay. so a pretty straight-up formation. Um, oddly enough, uh, in the 74th minute last night, he went with a three-man back line, and I had <laughs> never seen that before. He was um, preparing for the Italians of Montreal. Yeah, I, I, that's the first thing that crossed my mind. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? You know, but uh, city, yeah, yeah. But one thing too uh, to note um, that might play the difference in this game is is squad rotation. Um, I looked at Montreal's starting 11s for their past two games, and you all rotated five starters and mm-hmm. played two different formations. Chicago, on the other hand, has rotated one starter um so you know i think that clearly fatigue will be a factor for both teams because both have played three games will have played three games in the span of a week but squad rotation is going to matter here so um it'll be interesting to see what happens and just another quick note on on fantasy and mlssoccer.com my backup goalkeeper has been tornagi for the whole season because he was cheap he was not playing at all yeah. But now he's starting to play. What happened? Did he did he steal the the first keeper job? No, actually, Sean Johnson was on uh, the Gold Cup, right? Yeah, U.S. Men's National Team duty for the entire Gold Cup, and uh, as a result, missed five games. And the encouraging thing, though, is that Tornagi uh, played progressively better throughout that five game span. Um, that his last game out, um, he looked he looked really solid. So at, at that point. Uh, some of us started talking about perhaps you know the possibility of selling Johnson uh, while he was hot because he had that clean sheet in the Gold Cup against uh, Costa Rica, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there are any suitors. I've not heard anything about that. His he's coming up on an option year, so uh, one thing I can tell you though, as long as Sean Johnson's in town, uh, he's probably going to be the starter. Okay, so Sean Johnson plays tomorrow night. Oh, uh, I would say yes. All right. Well, Scott Fenwick, thank you very much for being a part of our show. You can listen to Scott on On the Fire Soccer Radio podcast, available on iTunes, I guess? Uh, it will be soon, actually. Okay. We just recorded our second episode this week. Uh, we're going to get it up on iTunes soon, but you can access the podcast through uh, the website, uh, the blog, onthefire.com. Perfect. Thank you very much, Scott, and uh, have a great game on Saturday night. It's a pleasure, Kevin. Good luck to you. Oh!
So thank you, Scott, and you can listen to Scott. He's going to be on iTunes soon on the Fire Radio, on the Fire Soccer Radio. And until then, you can listen to it on, on thefire.com if you want to know more about the Chicago Firecrackers. Yeah, it's on. It's the crackers for tonight because tomorrow night we're playing you at Stad Saputo, uh, not at Stad Saputo, at the Toyota Park. Yes, Toyota. Don't put your brake because we're coming full speed to get that three points on the road. We desperately need it because we're falling in the eastern table as we speak. And there's not a lot of points separating us from the outside. We don't, be on, we don't want to be on the outside looking in. We want to be in the top five, not in the bottom six. So come on, Montreal. Go at Toyota. Put a stop to it and get that point. Get those three points back. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening to Off the Woodworks again. This week, live on rednationonline.ca, like every Friday's show. I want to thank Scott Fenwick from OnTheFire.com, Ludovic Martin from Optimum-Soccer.com, and I want to thank you, all my eight listeners, for taking the time to listen to this show. You can get this podcast on iTunes, on Podbean, on Stitcher Radio. Get the Stitcher Radio app so you can listen to it on your smartphones, on your iPhones, on your Galaxy S28, on your tablets, everywhere you like. So go to StitcherRadio.com and get all the details and just search for After What Works and you'll be able to get us and to review us and review us on iTunes as well. We'll get a couple of reviews lately and thank you very much, guys, for taking the time to give me five stars. If you have any questions, comments, if you want to vote for the bet of the week for next week, go ahead, AfterWoodWorks at Hotmail.com. Or you can always get at me at Twitter at Off The Woodworks or go like my page and message me on Facebook, Off The Woodworks, as well. Until then, my name is Kevin Laramie and have a great soccer. <laughs>